Welcome to Ask Dr. Julie Hanks, a safe place for healing conversations that educate and empower you to prioritize your dreams, revolutionize your family, and personalize your faith. I'm your host, Dr. Julie Hanks, a psychotherapist and coach offering online courses and programs to help women all over the world heal themselves and their relationships. Join me here every week as I coach a listener through a specific challenge and empower them with tools to find healing. I am thrilled to welcome to the podcast today, Shelby. Welcome, Shelby. Hi, how are you? I'm well. How are you doing? Doing pretty good. Good. Good, good. good. What is your question for me today? My question, which hopefully isn't too complex, is how do you cope with the idea that your parent, in my case, my father, will always choose the church over our relationship? Mm, Okay. Wow. Give me some examples, Shelby, of kind of when that's happened. So I, I understand the situation. Um, so I'm one of the only kids, maybe openly, that have left the church. I'm one okay. of five. Okay. And, and um, is it the LDS church that you're referring yes, to? LDS. Okay. Okay. Yes. And when I've, he's never really asked me why. He just kind of either avoids it or he kind of like, talks to me like I've turned my back on the church or in like in a very negative way. Mm -hmm. Um, And when I've asked him about, you know, wanting to be more involved in, I have a son who's about a year and a half almost. And like, he doesn't live in the same state, but just being more involved in our lives a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, And acknowledging that I do have boundaries with that, you know, of course, it always comes back to the church and how I've turned my back on the church and and things like that. And then I bring it up and I say, you know, I really need you to choose me over the idea that I'm not in the church anymore. Mm. And, um, and he's like, well, I will always choose this church and that he'll always want his kids to know that he's going to put that first. Mm -hmm. And maybe in his mind, that means like he's doing the right thing, but in all honesty, it just comes across like, well, my relationship to the church is more important than my relationship with you, like, because you're not in it anymore. I don't know how to interact with you or I don't know if I, how, you know, yeah, yeah. how I can have a relationship with you. And it's really yeah. painful. Oh, it sounds like it. I bet it's really painful. Who kind of set up that frame of like choosing you or the church? Like, he did. So, I mean, did you ask him, you asked him like, would you cho- choose me over the church or the church over me or? I just asked him, uh, I really, I I said, I really need you to like choose our relationship over your relationship with the church and me not being in the church. So I want to stop you. What does that mean? What does that mean for you when you say choose me over the church? Like just because I'm not in it anymore doesn't mean I'm not, you know, his daughter and we don't have other things that we could talk about or have in common or like. You know, like I have a his grandson, you know, like we have a so family. Is he, is he not interested in your grandson? Not really. And he has a lot of his own, I think, personal demons and stuff that make him maybe not have the capacity to okay. be like what I need him to be. But but it always does come back to, for some reason, in his mind, the church, because I feel like in his mind, that's like one of the things he's done right in his life. Mm. So I'm and me not being part of it must really like shake his world a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm wondering if we could change the frame a little bit from choosing you or the church 
to, is there a way that he could choose both? Yeah. And that would be fine too. Yeah. And so what, have you asked him directly? Like, dad, it would mean a lot if you would reach out and FaceTime with my son, you know, a couple times a month or like, have you asked for specific things that you would like from him? I have. And sorry if I get a little emotional. (laughs) That's okay. You have. And, and he says, he'll say like, you know what you want to hear, but he just doesn't yeah. do it. Okay. And I think, you know, there's probably other things going on in his life, but at the same time, I think part of it is because I'm not in the church and like I have siblings who are like, they'll, you know, make a little bit more of a effort okay. with. So, okay. So my guess is that he makes you leaving the church a personal failure on his part. And you represent pain to him. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. That's really cool that you can see that and empathize with that, even though you're in pain. Like that's a really mature. So well done, Shelby, because you're in a lot of pain too, and you can still hold Mm -hmm. space for his pain. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So we can't really change him, right? If you've asked specifically for what you want and he just for whatever reason, can't deliver it. But what you what you can change is the story you're telling yourself about what his behavior means. So you've, you've kind of created the story that he's choosing the church over you. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Thoughts are powerful. So reframing that would probably be better, you know? Yeah. Well, and you just kind of, you kind of did it on your own. You said, my dad has a lot of other things going on in his life that get in the way of his relationships. Like that's a different story than he chose the church over me. Yeah. And we don't know what's true, right? Like it, maybe he did choose the church. over. We don't know, but it sounds like it's a lot more complicated than that for both of you. Mm-hmm. So what are some other, let's just brainstorm other meanings you could give the fact that he's pulled back and he's not able to be the dad that you need like what other meanings you said sorry yeah yeah what other stories so there there is the he's chosen the church over me there's Mm -hmm. the I brought up the possibility that you represent a failure Uh, so it's about him you you bring up his own pain not it's not your fault or responsibility it's just what might be happening for him I mean Uh, I think part of it for him you know based on the belief system that he believes in, you know, that maybe in his mind, I'm like tearing the family apart or something. Um, yeah. So that would be scary and painful, right? Yeah. So he, if he really believes that, then that's, that's pretty scary. Like, mm-hmm. you know, so it could be, yeah, my dad's really scared. And he said stuff about like how he would be punished for it and things like that, which I don't know if that's true doctrine or anything in, the, in that wow. church, but but like how it's the accountability is on the parents or something weird like that. But wow. So he's really tied true. up. He's really tied mm-hmm. up with, with feeling um, pain and guilt about you leaving the church. Right. Yeah. And I think also uh, my mom passed when I was nine. Mm. Um, she, uh, she suffered for a long time with some physical ailments and she ended up taking her life. And that was a huge, <sighs> so um, sorry. Yeah. It's a, yeah. A huge trauma in our family and uh wow. and I'm the oldest girl and I don't know if 
I don't know, I remind him of her things like that, but it's always been kind of, there's always been a little bit of a wall there too, even before, like I was open about not wanting to be in the church. So it feels like there's maybe even other elements and like, it's more complicated, but for him in his mind, it's easier to simplify it too. Like, Oh, she turned her back on the church or whatever. And this looks bad on me. Yeah. It sounds like there are a lot of layers to this Mm -hmm. and even that meaning changes it. So it's not about a personal rejection of you. It's like, Oh, he's in a lot of pain and he doesn't know how to deal with it. And I might represent pain to him mm-hmm. and he, he doesn't know how to deal with it. Yeah, that's true. Does that feel different than he's chosen the church over me? It does. Um, I mean, it's still, it still doesn't feel good, right? Like, no, it doesn't still feel don't great. have the relationship that you want. And I think, you know, just from my childhood and, and him really wanting to impress the church on us, like that has its own layer of trauma for me. So yeah. even though my, even though the rational older me knows that's not what the case is, you know, things like that. There's that part of me, that little girl me who will always feel, unless somehow I address it, you know, somehow and that in my deep psyche, but that he will choose the church over me because there's been too many as a child like events that registered to the little girl me that Mm. oh like that's more important than me yeah and so I think that it's really deep so that makes sense why that would that meaning would come up now because that's Mm -hmm. just been reinforced over time Mm -hmm. yeah yeah there's a lot of grieving that it feels like needs to be done about this. Mm-hmm. I mean, like on so many levels, the loss of your mom. And it's almost like you lost your dad behind the, like he's hiding behind the church. Yes. As a way to protect himself. But that's robbing him of having intimacy with you and maybe other people as well. I could see that like robbing him of just not even just me, but like my other siblings or maybe even other relationships because he's you know, he has like a track record of not being able to have healthy relationships, like, you know, after my mom, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. I'm sure that was so difficult for all of you. So the little girl in you sounds like kind of got the message that I'm not very important to my dad. Yeah. Yeah. And I wonder if you could help her tell her that dad's hiding because he's in pain. It's not about you not being important. Yeah. I think she, young me would probably have needed to hear that, you know? Yeah. That it's not, it's not you. It's his pain and his way of coping. But when there's like no way to put, when you're a kid, there's just no way to label and put those things together. So that's just what you come up with. And then it's crazy how it can pass through or fascinating too, like how it can just kind of live in you as you become an adult. And even if you realize what's really going on, there's that part of you that's just, you know, that young you that's still in pain. Yeah. And Shelby, that pattern of kind of internalizing the bad or the pain, like it's about me. That's what kids do when there's something wrong. Because if your dad, if something was wrong with your dad, 
you wouldn't survive because you needed him. Your mom was gone. You needed your dad. And so if he was messed up, then you may not survive. Like literally, if he couldn't take Mm -hmm. care of you. And so what we do is as kids, we decide it must be us. I must be unworthy. I must be not lovable because that way we have the hope of surviving and we can keep our parent or parents good and have hope for our future. And so those, you're right, those messages and those decisions that we make without even knowing we're making that decision, we grow up and and we just believe that that's true because we decided that to survive. And it sounds like it's worked to some degree, like you've survived. You have your own life now. Yeah. You know, in life, you either try to use your pain to, I don't know, help other people or or be stronger or you let it beat you down. And, you know, I, my story is kind of weird to where it's kind of more extensive than probably have time for, but, you know, I, I try to think of myself as like, I've, I've survived to, you know, like, yeah, none of that stuff should have happened, but but I'm still here. And I think about, you know, my recovery and like, it's almost been, it'll be eight years or so, eight or nine that I've been on my recovery journey with, you know, self-harm and, and, you know, congratulations. Thank you. Wow. That's amazing. You are a survivor. I appreciate it. Yeah. I just, I mean, I just don't know what else to, to do with it except to try to be a good person and I paint and things like that but yeah but there's always that part of me that is hurting from my dad and yeah and I think you reframing it that way helps a lot um because it is an automatic thought it's like mm-hmm. oh he chooses the church over me right and it's not necessarily the whole truth right that's kind of what the story that kind of got you decided early on like he's not choosing me I'm not okay. I'm not good enough. I'm something's wrong with me. And I want to encourage you to to help little Shelby recognize that it wasn't her, that nothing was wrong with her, that her her mom was in pain and her dad was in pain. And she had to take on like I must be bad in order to survive, but that it's it's actually not true. Yeah. And honor the fact that little Shelby got you to this point where you could recover and, you know, you could create a good life for yourself. So you could thank her for that. Like, thank, thank little Shelby. She got you through by, by thinking she was bad and having hope in her dad, she could survive. Yeah. There was this really interesting uh, talk I heard on a podcast about visualizing your younger selves passing the baton Mm. to each other. To, so that you could be here right now and how we have to try to have more empathy and like and gratitude for those younger selves as flawed and as hurt you know as they could be yeah that's and, beautiful um, and it's true and it's true like I mean mm-hmm. even though she was super hurting and or I was you know and, and yeah. all the struggles I went through after that like they got me here somehow right like those other yeah. versions of ourselves so yeah um, so I think you can have gratitude for those younger parts and the part that was acting out through addiction or self-harm, that's a way of demonstrating externally, like the pain and the bad that you felt inside. And it's like it got it out and then you could deal with it and 
and work toward you know recovery and healing. So way to go. You've done some amazing work. Thank you. And I, and I don't I, really know how sometimes, but I did. Yeah, you've you survived and you you've done it. Um, hopefully this was helpful to to kind of just help little Shelby recognize the complexity of the situation for you and for your dad and help her understand you did the best you could and and there was a lot going on and it wasn't that you weren't chosen. It's that your dad wasn't capable of dealing with what he was dealing with. It's true. And, you know, I think people do their best with what they are given, but it's always the best, like, you know, the preferred way or the most healthy way sometimes. No, no, not at all. (laughs) And no, there's no handbook for how to deal with like losing your wife that way. And, Mm. and all the problems followed after, you know? Yeah. 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 Well, keep on your healing journey, Shelby. I just, have so much admiration for the work that you've already done. And, and I don't, I don't think your dad's going to magically change, but I think the stories that you tell yourself about what it means, thinking how he's in a lot of pain versus he's not, he's choosing the church over me just feels better and less heavy, you know? Yeah, for sure. It's just, it weighs, it's a different type of feeling. Like when you talk about weight, you know, like it doesn't weigh as much. Yeah. So I want to encourage you to recognize when you're doing that automatic mm-hmm. like framing to just pause and go, okay, what's another way to think about this that feels yeah. better? Mm-hmm. Thank you for taking the time to talk with me today. Oh, thank you for all your wisdom and, and what you do for like this unique community. You know, there's not a lot of people that talk about relationships with mixed faith families and especially within the LDS realm. So we, I appreciate what you do. Thank you so much. Thanks for that feedback. I, I appreciate you. Thanks again. Hi, friends. Have you ever thought of working with me as your personal coach? Well, I have a couple of openings for women in Utah or virtually all across the globe, and I would love to work with you. I'm a licensed therapist, and I've been specializing in women's emotional health and relationships for nearly 30 years, and I've transitioned to doing personal coaching. I love it, and I'm excited to work with you. I help women making career and life decisions, communication training, moving on after children have moved out of the home or after divorce, finding your passion in life, or creating partnership in your marriage and family. I also work a lot with faith transitions and mixed faith marriages. I'm confident that I can help you create the life you love. I can't wait to work with you. And you can use code 150 off for $150 off priority coaching with me. Go to drjuliehanks.com slash coaching or email hello at drjuliehanks.com for more information. Again, that code is 150, so 150 off OFF. Have you ever thought, hey, I want to talk to Dr. Julie Hanks about this question? 
Well, now's your chance. I want to have you on my podcast. So email hello at drjuliehanks.com with your question and the reason why you want to be on the podcast. And we may just choose you for a free coaching session.